0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Page. What's
1: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight.
0: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to it's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing. Amazing radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Lavender Gooms. Howdy. And finally, also joining us this week, Kid Presentable. Triumphant return. How you doing, boys? Good. Um. Yeah. Doing well. We. I mean, what's, what's to complain about? Because we have, I mean... Shit, man, broken clock is right twice a day, right? So uh, UFC did something right and did something really right in booking the fucking wet dream of fights that everybody asked for it and they got it done and they got it done impressively fast. So uh, talking about Nate Diaz and R.A. Masvidal, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, but um, hours before, hours after that, uh, after that announcement, you know, um, it was hashtag Habib time. Uh, Khabib defended his lightweight championship for the first time since uh I was gonna say his winning it, but first time since uh starting a riot at the T Mobile Arena last October. Um fought uh, this fight was in Abu Dhabi against the interim champion Dustin Poirier. Gonna talk about that successful defense. Gonna talk about the bloodbath that was the co main event. Just a really fun fight. Um some other good performances. Um was gonna talk to you guys about Bellator, but. Czech Congo didn't get eye poked, said he got eye poked. There was a no contest. Rampage shoved Ryan Bader. There you go. We're done. Um Marcus, Habib Nurmagomedov. Um he just can't be stopped, huh? Yeah, no, and you know, another standout, great
2: performance from Habib against you know a really quality opponent that um I mean, me and I guess Steph weren't here last week to really kind of break down how we thought this fight was gonna play out. But honestly, I mean I th- I think Steph did go with Dustin as the, the one outlier. And I have to imagine, at least for me, um, how this fight actually played out, um, you know, probably could have predicted it almost line by line uh, how it would have happened. Because, you know, when, when Habib's on his game like he was um, on Saturday night against Dustin, um, he's able to utilize that wrestling game, which he was able to successfully in the first round. That usually extremely tires out his opponent. And then the next couple of rounds, he can kind of do whatever he wants. And if that's standing with uh, Al Alquinta for four rounds and outboxing him or getting the dude to the ground consistently and subbing them, um, he could have pretty much done whatever he wanted with Dustin. Uh, Dustin did show some life in the second round to give him some credit. He was a lot more aggressive. In the first round, Habib and Dustin kind of stared at each other for the first half of the round. I think Dustin was very tentative to get his strikes going uh, for fear of the shot and the takedown. Eventually, that came anyways, and um, in the second round, he became a lot more aggressive, was coming forward, and that's kind of what I think you have to do. As far as I'm concerned with the footage that we've seen with Habib at this point, I'm pretty convinced that if you're going to be successful against this guy, it's going to be in the stand-up, and you have to be aggressive, and you have to get him on his back foot, because anytime Habib is going forward and gets his opponent against the cage, that's where the shot comes in, and without distance and without being able to sprawl, that's where dudes get caught up in the clinch with Habib, and that's where he's able to work his wrestling, get a single leg, do a high crotch takedown. And once you're on the mat, you're really in a lot of pain, not even physically, not even mentally at the moment. It's just this. the whole game has been flipped on its head. Habib's in complete control now, and you're kind of playing catch-up, and that's when dudes really gas themselves out. I think that's what
1: happened this fight. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, great. Uh, he really – And we talked about it when we were watching it the whole time. We're like, oh, man, Dustin, get off the cage. Dustin, get off the cage. Dustin, get off the cage. And then he got it against the cage, and that was pretty much a wrap. Um, Dustin had his moments, as you mentioned. Um, Khabib's notoriously not great stand-up um, reared its ugly head. Um, not being good at stand-up is one thing. Him putting his hands more or less in his pockets and getting punched in the face is a whole different ball of wax. Uh, Dustin cracked him, but yeah, there was never a time where we're like, oh, is going to lose this fight. It looked like he was in some mild trouble, though. At some, It was like halfway through the second round. And that uh, he got him with that guillotine that was, I don't know, depending on who you ask, nowhere or
2: close. I, I think the guillotine was in the third, and that was his downfall, ultimately. That was the third? Um, okay, my I bad. think it was, I think, in that same round as when he finished. Because, li- like you were mentioning, when we were watching the fight, Dustin had you know a pretty good arming guillotine. And Habib had to work to get out of it. He kind of wiggled his way back and forth. But I think... Dustin kind of sold out on that guillotine. He went all or nothing in that. And once he lost it, there just really wasn't a lot left in the tank. And I, and I think it's an important factor that played into this fight that it was extremely hot in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying that it was 99 degrees, but because of the humidity, it felt like 120. Um, we had JoJo, multiple fighters after the end of the fights in the interview, talked about how hot and uncomfortable they were. And I think that played to just some of the, some of the performances. I think it really paid played against guys that were kind of had something to work up against guys that weren't winning the fight. Initially, I think as their stamina went down, the heat just played a big factor. I think for the people that had really good performances, I think the heat didn't affect them as much because they weren't getting exhausted from being beaten down. They were kind of doing their thing were dictating the fight and you have a lot more stamina. Your stamina goes a lot farther when you're in control, when you're doing the damage, when you're picking the shots and being successful. Stamina really drains out of you when you're getting taken down and dragged to the mat and you're doing everything you can to power your way back up. That heat's going to become a bit of a factor in those cases. And I I think it it probably did play a factor in multiple fights in this card.
1: Yeah, um, but big win for Khabib. Um, Stefan, did you catch Dustin after? Did you catch the post-fight interviews at all? Like with Dustin talking in the cage and stuff?
3: Uh, I didn't stay for the interviews. I saw Dustin's kind of statement after the fact. Yeah, Uh, I mean, he
1: was so... um, you know, I almost forgot, this is kinda of weird to say, how good he really is. Cause I'm looking at his record before the fight started, I'm like, man, it's got like guy's got like four losses. And they're all to good people. Um and you could tell he gave I mean he was giving that post fight speech. He gave us everything he had. Um and he was in tears and uh Khabib and him swap shirts and Dustin does that thing where he um auctions off his fight gear for after every event, just so he, you know, it goes towards I think I forgot the charity. It's something in Louisiana. And Khabib said he was going to sign that, you know, sign his own shirt and give it to Dustin and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Um, Mike, uh, Tony Ferguson's next. It's not even a question, is it?
0: It shouldn't be a question that Tony Ferguson is next. But if we can look back to to history between uh, Ferguson and Habib, how many times did that fight uh, get made and it had to be uh, postponed or canceled?
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's got like a fifteen-fight win streak. Like, yeah, I, but if
0: Tony's next, Mike is right.
3: You're asking who's on deck because that's a cursed fight, Bobby. That's snake-bitten shit. You can get you want to get excited about it for a seventh time? You I guess. I, but you're really talking about. I, I
1: I'm, not, I'm not talking about excitement. I'm talking about like at this point we like they have to book but, the fight. It like there's no one else that we have
0: two competing hundred percent um Records here, all right. Hundred percent. Tony Ferguson hasn't lost a fight. Sure, that's great. We also have a hundred percent probability from the past that when this fight gets booked, it doesn't happen.
1: I have faith. I mean, look, we—that we, we, wasn't even the Wait, question. What, Mike? Tony Ferguson
0: has
3: multiple losses. I was gonna say like, he lost a fight. Like, I'm he has, like, he has three, three losses, Mike. What are you talking about?
2: My <laughs> Mike's just giving an incredulent look like he doesn't know what the fuck. <laughs> or his computer froze. Uh, either way, it's working. <laughs> um Well he's
0: okay. won a lot in a row, so since that streak, he's won hundred percent of his fights.
1: Way to go. No, okay, Thank that's you. not even the question. We like they have to book this fight. Khabib said it. Habib said he's not fighting Connor right now. Like No, it- but I, I, I
0: think I think that is the correct fight. And I also think partly I think on Habib's um Habib's part. He's, it's is probably a way to take some of the power away from Conor because Nate did it last month where instead of doing the tried and true thing of calling out Conor McGregor, he called out someone else to give him some pub. This time, I think it was Habib's turn to be like, no, uh, this the world doesn't revolve around Conor McGregor. It should be Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson was the interim champion. Tony Ferguson has won a lot of fights in a row. Tony Ferguson had the great performance against Anthony Pettis, if I'm right. That was his last time out. He should be the next guy up.
1: Um, yeah, it's not I don't think his last... Did he fight somebody? That was a long time ago, Tony Pettis. He fought Anthony Pettis.
0: That was his last October. No, nah,
1: Donald Cerrone. Two months okay. ago. Two and a half months ago. Um, Yeah, that's the fight. Um, I guess one last thing before we move on. Uh, Khabib went in the cage afterwards, got the microphone. And talked about how this is a sport of respect. And, you know, that's, you know, we're martial artists and all this good shit. And it was hard to disagree with any of it. But there was a uh, a warlord sitting in the front row rooting for him. So it was, Stefan, kind of um, just throwing to you on this one. Ben Fulk's, uh, you're my favorite MMA writer. And I don't think you saw this article necessarily because it's behind the paywall. But you'll probably guess what it's about when I say it's like him talking about the two sides of Habib Nurmagomedov, where you yeah. know we're dealing with athletic athletic greatness, and a man who's a pure, true martial artist. And then there's the other side, which is horrible. I mean, yeah, you can say that. Like,
3: as soon as you said the, like his statement about like respect and everything, I'm like, that's two faces, fuck Habib. <laughs> I know what you're like as a person. He also paid bums to fight each other. You know, uh, you did do that. I, I was not yeah, the classiest I was man on <laughs> earth. So. um yeah he did it on his public stage and that's the lasting thing people remember. but um look, the people who care about what goes on in like behind the scenes with him, that's not going to change. The people who care are the people who care and the people who don't are the people who don't. So it's kind of an ugly thing about the sport, you know and I, I haven't been I haven't been that you know silent about kind of my increasing disinterest in the sport at large and a large part of that is it's really hard to like a lot of these guys outside of the profession. Um, you know, it's a fight game. What do you expect to an extent, but to an extent for a long time, I did like a lot of these guys out of the cage, but, um, it's getting increasingly difficult in the modern day.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll see Tony Ferguson makes like sense as a next contender. Um, co-main event, Paul Felder, Edson Barbosa. Um, I would say this lived up to everybody's expectations. Just a fun brawl. Um, first off, I think any thirty-seven thirty twenty-seven scorecard wasn't correct. Um, Marcus, I believe we you and I had it. First round Edson, third round felder, second round, I don't know. Maybe Edson. Like we were like second round was the debatable one, right?
2: Yeah, uh I mean I a lot of I mean I think the general consensus was a lot of Edson one and two, Felder three, um yeah, and I think if you're going to go 30-27, maybe you can go Edson. It's really hard. I think it it's a harder conversation to have to say Paul Felder won all three of those rounds um than it is to say Edson did, but I don't think either of them really had that scenario.
1: Yeah, real quick, um based on mmadecisions.com, Mark's uh very right. We got about we got 3-29-28s for Felder and about 13 or 14 29-28s for Barboza. So when it looks, based on the fan fan voting here, it's the second round. That's the round of debate for people. But, Sarah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought Edson
2: won the fight. And, uh, you know, Felder, he got the nod. Um, At the end of the day, though, really, when when you're counting your chips, we just, like you said, Bobby, just had a really fantastic fight. Um, Leading up to this fight, we kind of expected um, a fight of this caliber with two guys that... Are not only just as action packed as they are, but have fought in before. You know, there's not going to be a lot of feeling out process. I don't think there was a lot in their first fight, but yeah, we just got a great back and forth fight. And like you mentioned when we were going to the decision, you know, Felder was to get the nod, which he did here. You know, it just sets up a great trilogy fight. They both have uh, a wins at this point. I would not be surprised, you know, within the next year, year and a half, we see these two uh, clash one more time. Because okay, it was really good, and I, I'd be, I'm probably going to be more excited this third time than I was the second or even first. Um, cause the honest, and this is more on my end than there's, these guys are both exciting fighters. I don't get super excited to see them fight necessarily, unless they have a really fun dance partner. So going into this fight, I was like, this is good. This is a good co-main event, but I wasn't jazzed as much as I should be. Cause these are really two awesome fighters. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll see this go run a third time yeah. and, you know, hopefully by then we get a nice clear cut
1: winner. Yeah, it was, um, the first one, I'm not sure if it was a split, but it was another close one. I think on paper, like I think. Maybe 2 1. I don't know if anybody's got their records in front of them right know. now. See if I can look at it right now while I'm babbling to you folks. Um, nah, he won a unanimous first time, Edson. <laughs> he won a, uh, 2 1 though. Two rounds. So, um, did, uh, Mike or Steph, did either of you catch that the crowd started booing Felder? I'm oh, start booing the decision, but Felder was so goddamn happy that he won that the crowd kind of just got on board. I mean, he, I didn't like
0: did notice that, but I did notice that they did boo the decision.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it looked like he was so happy to win. Man has been grinding for a while in the UFC here, needed a big win. It was a split, but I guess if you're gonna get a, another contender or get a contender fight, Steph, you've got to win fights like this somewhere or another.
3: I'll take getting this fight right by a bad decision.
1: I don't think it was a bad decision, to be honest. I thought it was close.
3: Well, I think I think it was a bad decision in that 30-27 for Felder was an impossible score to me. When I heard a second 30-27, I was sure Barboza would. Yeah. yeah. I think, and um, I think that's and and, that's, and where, that's what makes the like lingering weird taste about this fight.
2: Yeah. And to be fair with the audience, I think that la- that being the car that being the scorecard that decided the fight obviously put them in a bad it was a bad I think it was just a bad judgment call, but I want to give the crowd some credit. Um when Felder started talking, they they listened and, and they stopped booing, right? I, we've seen so many bad decisions where it's just like not only are they booing the guy, the guy who, you know, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have any real say in who wins. The fighter that won, he's like, look, it, it's not I don't make the calls, and they just keep booing the fucker anyways. At least this crowd was like, all right, I understand this guy didn't make the call. Let's let's see what he has to I mean, say. He also he got-
1: was talking about how much he loved Edson, and he's like, man, that could have gone either way. He said it himself. He was more aware. He went full analyst halfway like in the middle of that thing. Um,
0: let's also remember that. I think if that third judge had deemed it 29-28, I don't think any of us would have been really saying boo about it. Very true. It was just that that judge was a bit too much of an idiot and did it 30-27. So he was right. He could have been right on two of the rounds. It was that first round. It was like, what were you thinking there? I
1: mean, to give people an idea. Even if he had given that first round to Edson,
0: I mean, still would have been. Still would have won. Yeah, but I mean, looking
1: at the voting here for people, what they say, 98% of people had Barboza winning the first, 92% had Felder winning the third. So, yeah, the first round you definitely can't justify for i mean Elder. he got cut twice <laughs> like if you even go by the nate diaz like dude had blood all over the, his the, the the Dia, the unified player. diaz scoring system yeah
3: bobby who's that judge from uh frankie edgar bj penn one where he has the winner take all mentality that, oh that's uh, if you won the fight you won all
1: the rounds in my books that's Douglas Crosby. he's it. also he's also nick lentz's ghostwriter for his online shit talk it's a real weird thing
3: all right so he's, he's a, a bad weird. judge
1: and a racist yeah let's go with that um Other good stuff that happened on this main card. We're going through this kind of fast because there's a lot that happened, and I want to have some fun with this Diaz and Masvidal thing, especially now that The Rock has interjected himself and there's a fake belt at play. Um, Islam Makachev, the crowd was really hyped for him, Um, really hyped. I don't know if the moment got to him, but it was not the performance I think a lot of people expected from him given how one-sided all of his performances have been up to this point. Uh, Marcus, Curtis Blades just did what you got to do. Against Shamil uh man. Just punished him. Yeah, he called up for the, for the fight. He said, I think I'm better than this guy in all
2: areas. And he pretty much proved that. And the one thing I think we can all take away from this fight is, and we've seen it in some of his previous fights, is that not only is Curtis Blay just a good wrestler who is you know, very capable of getting guys to the ground, he's very dangerous on top, too, with his ground and pound. And this is another elbows and punches TKO, where he basically... I don't know if he ended up breaking his nose or his orbital. He landed a super clean elbow, like right on the basically the orbital bone of this dude's skull. And he didn't tap, but dude covered up and basically went to the fetal position, and the referee stopped it. And I think at this point, you know, Curtis Blades is not just a capable athlete. He's a very dangerous opponent.
1: Um, And uh, I honestly don't remember what happened in the Ferreira versus Tysomoff fight. Ferreira put the pace on uh Tazimov actually won the
2: first round. He landed some really good, clean shots. Ferrero just kept a pace um, and drowned the dude. Oh, in the this, had the,
1: this had the this had bullshit. Oh, the, was it that the uh, the Makachev fight also had the shitty judging? Where someone gave him a 10. Gave, two judges gave him 10-8s. You didn't and see that, a lot of 10-8s in that one, but... Yeah, that was the one where I told you, oh, they wrote the scorecard down before the fight started. Okay, that's what happened in this one. <laughs> he got um, a ten eight on every judge's card. Oh, that's true. He did the one yeah. round
2: he lost. He also got twenty seven. The other guy only had twenty seven points. So it's did, like, someone, did someone? lose a point that we didn't see? Like, no, that, I, I don't think so. I think the third round he got him down and really controlled him and looked good, but not not to the point where I was like, oh, this dude needs to get an extra point taken away because he really got his ass whoops. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it was cl- it was it was closer to
1: a ten ten than a ten eight, but sure. What thinking, first round been. <laughs> um. Joanne Calderwood, um, looked really good. It was a split, but she, we saw the full arsenal on display there. That was a nice performance from her. And I did like when she said she kept talking about how hot she was. And then what did she say? She says, I'm so hot, but not, not in the, not in the nice way. <laughs> That's what she was saying. That was, that was funny. Um, Joanne all, uh, Calderwood, fresh off her pe- appearance, uh, on, uh, Danny's house, a show that Danny Brown apparently hosts on Viceland, which was, New information for me. But I'd read that. I'd seen an interview where Danny Brown said his favorite fighter is Joanne Calderwood. This means nothing to anybody who's not a Danny Brown fan. But it was a fun little clip. Steph, you wanted to talk about uh, Miss JoJo doing her thing this past weekend? Oh, no, it was good. I was just going to
3: comment because that was the thing I immediately caught at the end of that fight. Mark talked about how hot it was, but to the next level, um, I read it was 73% humidity. Um, And that's the thing. That's the game changer. I never want to see a card in Abu Dhabi again. Uh, I hate it when a card, when the environment actually affects the fights, and it affected every single fight
1: on this card. Bilal Muhammad said you could feel like steam coming off the mat. I've, right. I mean, you and I have watched enough wrestling documentaries. You might have heard this too, where like wrestlers say when there's like an outdoor event and the mat is just under the sun and it's hot or whatever, and it's just when you get your back on the mat, it just fucking sucks. And I was thinking about that when Dustin was just getting, you know, Ridden by Habib, I'm like, oh, this looks miserable. This looks so awful.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's the thing is, like, everyone who got behind, they couldn't make. No one made comebacks. You know, like when they got yeah. behind, they were behind. It just, it just sucks the life out of you. Like, you know, it, to to a personal anecdote, I remember being in Texas and like 50 something percent humidity, which is like significantly less than the 73 it was at, and I got exhausted by reading a book, sitting in the shade on a patio swing, like just existing in that kind of climate is fatiguing it's just everything is sapping the life out of you so like i don't care how much money they have that's a stupid place to fight it's a natural handicap to all involved and it's just a it's just a shitty thing to happen for them like you know kudos to everyone who won they clearly deserved it but that was that was a third man in the cage for everybody in there and that that's i don't like seeing that in cards you know it's like when they went to mexico and you just saw people keeling over sucking wind like Mm It's it's a sloppy way to see fights happen. I'm not here.
1: Well, I mean, Marcus and I were talking about it. Actually, we're like, if you're going to do this to people, you got to find a way to like compensate them in a way that makes sense, or like pay for them to be there a certain amount of time in advance and acclimate. Like, you got to do something like that.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, we we were talking about, you know, I was worried about you know fighters having heat stroke and you know seriously being injured that way. Um, Obviously, it looked like. No one got seriously injured, which is the thing I was most concerned about. But um, I disagree a little bit with Steph, and I agree with you, Bobby. Um, I disagree that I kind of – but I I get your point, Steph. Um, I kind of like that there sometimes is outside factors. I think the thing that sucks is that it's always negative, right? There's never a place where it's like, oh, these guys, there's there's less gravity here. We're going to see bigger slams or something. It's always negative. What I like about that is that, like, other sports have that, right? You go to, like, Cubs Stadium, and their fucking outfield's different. Or you play a game in, in football and it's snowing outside. I, I I kind of appreciate that sometimes there's locale factors that take into place. But being that it's always negative, it's kind of like, well, maybe that's not a good thing. It's
1: always fatiguing, which makes for a sloppier fight. Mike, yeah. um, the part that also bothered me, and I feel, you know, you and me and Steph can relate to this. But they pretty much everybody, everybody with, a, with a Middle Eastern sounding name is on this card. But, like, that doesn't mean they're from there and want to deal with this. Like... Bala Muhammad is from Chicago. All right. That doesn't mean he wants to go to Abu Dhabi. If they wanted to do like UFC Tehran, it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, man, let me go hang out in that fucking place. Like, it's too hot. It's too hot. He deserved better. What do you think, Mike?
0: <laughs> well, what you don't seem to understand, Bobby, is that his name sounds like it would be from there. So everyone at the UFC was no, just no, like, he, he's Bilal Palestinian. Bala would love to go to Abu Dhabi, of course. I mean,
1: I mean, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> like,
0: what the fuck, man? I mean, Bob, this is this is the same logic that they do. That whenever they go to China, you're gonna see, in addition to Chinese people, any Japanese guys that is like they can rustle up for that particular car. They're gonna throw them to that card as
1: well. Man, they'll, they'll they'll put it. They'll give any loose connection they've had. They'll have just. Anybody's ever watched a rep- episode of Dragon Ball Z ends up on those cards. They don't give a shit in the UFC. Loose connection, they'll take it. Um, yeah, it's too hot to put on cards in this fucking place, man. But uh I would say uh, tough titties. They own twenty percent of the company. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't own anything. Do they company. they
2: sell off their shares? They
1: sold it years ago. They don't own anything. No, that. that was a bad move. Um but our girl Sarah Morais, uh long time favorite of us. She missed weight. Uh, um, I was trying to describe why we like her to my friend, and I was just like, I don't have a good reason. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you like car accidents? When you yeah, she did not want to see the wreckage.
2: That's what her she doesn't one, look. What her price
1: is like. Well, I, I think like she doesn't look. She knows what she's doing. What did uh Ben Fulk said something one time? I think Steph because she used to have that multicolor singlet where he's like, I don't know. She got weird gear and a can-do attitude. I can get behind that. I mean, she <laughs> was kind of just like she was
3: on that tough season. She was kind of a spunky, thick girl. Uh, not weird, not necessarily nice, but like she had crazy eyes—something so- in between those things, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, she um, would have been like the lovable sidekick in a teen movie, not the one who gets like the the guy, but is like there for comic relief. That kind of yeah. is the space she occupies. I
0: mean, she she won at least.
3: I uh, know,
1: three pounds overweight. Yeah, she's not gonna... the girl I do. What was her nickname? She's not
3: cupcake. Cheesecake. That's
1: Cheesecake. Yeah. I was only, and now I have, something to do with cake. And they asked why why is that her nickname? I'm like, I think just because she likes cheesecake. I don't think it's any farther than that. <laughs> I don't think it needs more of a reason than that. Um, all right. Let's have some fun. Uh Nate Diaz. Jorge Masvidal. Um I um a while ago um blocked the word Covington and his Tag and everything on Twitter because life is too short. I don't need the misery. So I missed all this news that apparently they almost booked Covington versus Usman, and then Covington wanted too much money, so they said fuck Covington. Let's give the bell, Let's give the title shot to Masvidal. No, they started with Nate and Masvidal, and Nate and Masvidal asked for a bunch of money, so they're like, well fuck it. Let's do Usman and uh, Covington, and then Covington wanted too much money, so they're like fuck that. Let's do Masvidal and Usman. And then Usman asked for more money, and they and apparently they almost cut, they almost stripped him of the belt for that. Which, while this lawsuit's going on, I wouldn't do things like that. UFC putting that out there. Um, but then uh, Nate Diaz, they called Nate Diaz. He's like, they they hit the number he wanted, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight Jorge Masvidal. I want to be the main event, five rounds. And now we got here, Uh five rounds, East Coast gangster versus West Coast gangster. There's a belt, maybe. I think. I think at this point, they if they, if they get The Rock I to put it on somebody... Dina
2: said those... Because, okay, the, when you go through the timeline, from what I saw, you just showed me The Rock's tweet where he's like, oh, I'm going to go to this thing and I'm going to put that belt around whoever wins this fight. And I was like, okay, Rock obviously doesn't know neither of these dudes are champion. There's no belt in the play. Yeah. Jorge had a tweet that Rock responded to saying that he wanted the you know to get the belt or something or have Rock put it on him. Yeah. I thought at that point Masvidal was just talking out of his ass, like, "Oh, there should be a belt, and that'd be cool if you put it on me." And so I thought it was all just a bunch of bullshit, and Rock just didn't know what he was talking about. Until later, I saw I think it was on MMA fighting or something. Dana said that, "Yeah, I'm going to make a one time belt
1: for this," which I'm like, yeah. you know, Well, they I like it, but it's just so weird. But it's just like whatever. This you is you know they, is did, a funny they did thing. one of those. Uh... They did one of those one-time belts. They did the stupid-ass money belt for that Mayweather and McGregor thing, which that was an impressive belt because it was a testament. It was literally a trophy. Them telling us all the money they would taken from us with this ridiculous fight <laughs> that was it was impressive. Um, so apparently The Rock is going to put this belt on. Uh, he'll well, he'll put it on Jorge Masvidal, and we were talking about it earlier. I feel Nate Diaz needs a representative. Because The Rock, despite being born in Hayward, California, is very much a Miami guy. So, um, Mark, your suggestion, uh, I thought was pretty solid. Would you give it to the people? Uh, yeah, I,
2: I suggested Batista because he's another wrestler. And Batista did train with the Diaz brothers when in his short stint in MMA. So, you know, there, there's some familiarity there. And I said, you know, if you got a couple of lugs like those two inside of a cage, you know, why not just have an impromptu match right
1: there, too? We get Hobbs versus Drax right there in the goddamn cage. Um, it, Batista, it, by the uh, way.
0: But wait, if we're going with a Miami connection with uh, with The Rock, shouldn't we get, like, someone uh, from California that's in the WWE?
1: I mean, we, I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know if we even have Bailey. that. But, <laughs> Bailey. Sasha we're Banks. getting You're Bailey. I know is from San Jose. <laughs> we're getting Bailey. Well, I thought we should just get E40. Because Nate Diaz apparently knows E-40. But Stefan's idea was excellent. Steph? I had an idea. What's, oh, your, what, well, what's yeah. Nate going I? You, you had a good idea, and you're, oh, you're my, fucking it up, man? Uh, my fucking joke
3: idea? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Marco,
1: he said Batista. What do you mean? Just we're off the rails. Go ahead. <laughs> well,
3: I said uh, Hologram Tupac should walk out with Nate, because Nate walks out to Tupac, doesn't he? He
1: does. He comes out to He's the top one. When I did he mean, come when you we were
3: thinking that, I was trying to think. I was
1: like, "Who the fuck is famous from Stockton?" And I'm like, "Nick Diaz. That's the most famous person." You no, know, yeah, uh, Nate, Nate, Nick, and Nick. Oak, former Oakland A's pitcher Dallas Braden, who famously threw a perfect game and another time almost got in a fist fight with A Rod, which of course Ooh, he did. How about
0: MC Hammer?
1: I mean, look, if we're just gonna go anywhere, anywhere from the Bay Area, sure. MC Hammer's great.
0: Oh, uh, or, or since The Rock is the one involved in, with this, if you really want to, you know, heat up this beef, you know, we have, uh we have Vin Diesel give uh, Nate Diaz the, oh. uh, the, uh, the baddest motherfucker belt.
1: I'm not sure you heard the news, Mark, but apparently The Rock and Vin Diesel got beef. That's why they're not in the same Fast and Furious movies anymore. Um, fuck it. If we're going to get The Rock, let's just get Stone Cold. What am I even, why am I overthinking this? Let's just get Stone Cold. He'll do it. Um, Honestly, I am as excited as one can be. This is, I'm really setting myself up for some misery, guys, if this doesn't happen. But um what did Jorge say earlier that I really enjoyed? Um He had a good quote. He says, maybe we're not going to talk too much. Maybe we will. Maybe I'll show up to a press conference. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But shit, you know I'm showing up November 2nd with bad intentions. That's what the fuck you do know. Nate Diaz could have said the same thing. And I would have bought that he said it. Like, really, Mike, would you have questioned it if it came from Nate Diaz's mouth?
0: No, that sounds like the quintessential Nate Diaz quote.
1: Um guys. Um seri- I mean serious question. I was talking Mark and I have been talking about this. That's the main event of a pay-per-view. If a title has to say take a B second fiddle to that, does anybody got an issue with that? No, not one bit. Steph, what do you think?
0: It's the Connor
3: president, right? Uh this fight has the heat. So yeah, it's like boxing. It's it's what the biggest spectacle is. It's what people are buying. This is what people are buying.
1: I still think they should have made the co-main event be the championship in that same weight class. Just so they know. <laughs> Just so they know that they are second-class citizens. Talking about Usman and Cole. Are they fighting called-
3: Okay, I was, I was going to say, are they fighting at welterweight or lightweight?
1: They're fighting at the bad motherfucking championship weight, Stefan, because we need to establish a whole division about this. But no, it's a <laughs> 170. Yeah. I say they just go open weight. They're both like 175. I I mean, look. Fine. We got a fight this weekend we're about to talk about with Donald Cerrone and Justin Gaethje and that those seem like prime candidates for that weight class. Um someone else made the point that like honestly, all the guys you want in bad motherfucker division could wrestle and fight at 165. Let's just make 165 the bad motherfucker championship. That will work too. Um yeah, this is going to be awesome, guys. Um Appreciate it because we're not going to get a lot of guys who just truly don't give a fuck in there at the same time together. Um, I'm going to just say it now. If I'm going to guess which one of us isn't going to pick Nate Diaz in this fight, I'm going to Stefan. That's my best guess right now because Stefan's been a wild card.
3: Yeah, I, I picked some random ass fights for no real solid reasons, but, but sometimes I hit.
1: But we all um, love Jorge Masvidal, especially Mark, so I
3: don't know. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I, I don't want to commit to a pick yet, but I will commit to not being too excited about it, just in the sense that, like, I've seen guys who are supposed to have a war, like, I expect there to be no trash talk, I expect there to be a mutual respect, and that this will actually be relatively quiet in the lead up, um, and I can see both of these guys being counter fighters, like, people love Mosfidal right now, but we've been watching him, he's got some boring fights, he has some slow starting fights where he doesn't do anything for long periods of time, so... Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me, you know, after, I think, I think my, uh, heart or spirit was broken in MMA when, uh, Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit was a garbage fight. I think after that happened, I'm like, there is no Santa. There is no God. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I felt about MMA after that fight. So, you know, I'll, I'll say I have tempered expectations. It's step on, on going me. negative Nancy right. right off the goddamn bat, man. I'm gonna <laughs> temper all of our expectations. Cause you know, everything I'm saying is true.
1: So Stefan's definitely picking Masvidal. You guys got that right there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm optimistic. I think it'll be a good fight. I think it's going to be fun. And it's nice for them, Mark, in this world for us just to like, hey, we all want this more than anything else. And I we didn't get three months of Dana White telling me so-and-so doesn't want to fight right yeah. we just like they booked the fucking thing they made it happen yeah the the demand
2: for the fight and the signing of the fight happened fairly quickly and it, i mean it kind of just made itself it, it was honestly surprising after i mean one it wasn't surprising that they booked the fight it was a little surprising that it was going to be a main event of a pay-per-view because there's no title um but they had done that before as well um i think what's really what i what i was most surprised with was what you were talking about before bobby all this back and forth with let's have Nate fight Usman. Usman doesn't want so much money. Let's have him fight Colby. And all these, all this back and forth Were it kind of like Nate and Masvidal kind of just booked themselves. And I think us as fans were just like, well, that's... That's the next fight. That's I mean, they want it. We want it. Let's make it happen. To kind of hear that there was a lot of like, oh, this guy was going to fight for a title. Especially, I mean, I, I, and look at, I, like you said, Bobby. I, I love Masvidal as much as anyone on this podcast. I've been very critical of him getting a title shot. His record at 170 recently has not really warranted that. I mean, granted, hey, he knocked out Till. He demolished Ben Askren. That get that that's some big props right there. But before that, he was losing fights at 170, and it's not like this guy's just been demolishing people so um i think this fight has made a lot of sense and i'm glad you know you know we've seen a lot of fights like this fall through the cracks for whatever reason whether the guys get injured you know we still have a ways to go until we see these two guys in the octagon a lot of things can happen between now and november but as long as everyone's healthy and can make it that date we're gonna see that fight um but yeah you know sometimes we don't sometimes we don't get that luxury there's been a lot of great fights that have slipped through the fingers um i don't think this is going to be one of them i think on november we'll see these two fights and that's awesome
1: Yeah, with Nate, the problem tends to be just getting him to agree. Once he agrees, the man tends to show up. I don't know how often Jorge pulls out, to be honest. Really don't, so we'll see. Um, And if they want a belt, the fight's in New York. Just go over to Red Hook, knock on Taz's door. He's got a belt. It's called the FTW Championship. FTW used to stand for fuck the world for all 50 of us watching ECW. They could just use that belt. We'd accept it. Um, all right. Um, let's pick some fights. The UFC is in Canada. Um, specifically, I want to say Vancouver. I'm just going to guess that I'm wrong, though. Oh, shit, I'm right. Vancouver. You're right. Um, Justin Gaethje, Donald Cerrone, happening on Kid Presentable's birthday. Man's got a good fight on his birthday. They're saying, yeah, Stefan, it's your Jesus year. We're going to start you off with Cerrone versus Gaethje. Um... The winner of this fight, and I say just knowing nothing special, is going to fight Conor McGregor. I am 60% sure. If it's Gaethje, I'm 80% sure. I think that's the fight. I think that's def- I think that's what's happening. And I'm okay with either one of these options, by the way, fighting Conor McGregor, because they both seem like awesome fights, and fights that Conor should say yes to, given how he fights and how they fight. That being said, a betting line on this one... Um, as I will be in Las Vegas, I was kind of hoping for Gechi to be not as big as a favorite. Stefan, do you have it in front of you? Yeah, um, and that surprised me
3: too because Gechi is almost 2-1 to one at minus 190 to uh, Cerrone's plus
1: 165. I honestly thought Cowboy was going to be the favorite. Do you think it's because, I mean, I thought Gaichi would be the favorite, but because Cowboy's a little older. Do you think it's because is such a fast starter and Cowboy is very, very not that?
3: I think it's recency bias. Cerrone lost his last fight, right? So,
1: yeah, um, yeah, I just kind of think it's
3: just how the pendulum is right now. But, uh, you know, that said, you know, since you threw it off to my birthday and all that, um, I am taking Gaethje. um, But, man, Cerrone's got all the tools to punish Gaethje. Gaethje takes a lot of shots. Cerrone's got a lot of reach. Um, He's got great kicks. He has a great jab. He's dropped people with his jab. And these are the things, like, I could easily see an accumulation on Gaethje, and it just overwhelms him. Um, He does have a history of being a slow starter, but I think he's curbed that in recent years, honestly. Um, I think ever since he had a kid, that's kind of what sent him on this kind of recent, like, kind of uh, late career resurgence of his. And I think he kind of shed that slow starter thing. Um, I just like Gaethje. Uh, I like Gaethje to get a knockout, even though Cerrone is notoriously durable. Um, But, hell, I will not be shocked if I see, like... Gaethje suddenly head in trouble eating, like... Yeah, just eating a head, head kick. kick. He's a little wobbly, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's being flurried with punches, and he's crumpling against the like fence. I see his loss very clearly in my head, but um, I'm still rolling with him just because I like him.
1: Yeah, um, uh, you guys know I've been waving the Gechi flag since he had no Wikipedia page back in World Series of Fighting. I'm pretty sure i picked him in all these fights, good or bad. And I'm going to bet money on him for this one because I'm in Vegas, and that's just what you do. You lose money gambling. Um... I like him right now. I think he's in his prime. I know he's taking a lot of damage. He's 22 fights in. Cerrone is 49 fights in, and I'm not even counting the number of times he got in fights on that boat. Because we know about the time where he head kicked his his neighbor, or whatever it was. So that's 50 right there. Um That's a lot of fights, man. And Gaethje takes a lot of damage, but so does Cerrone. He's on a two-fight win streak, and he, those have not been close. He murdered Vic. He murdered Barboza. I don't think Cerrone at this point is necessarily better than Barboza. If he is, it's marginal. So I'm going to go with Gaethje getting a win here. I think it's going to be real fun, though. I think for however long this fight lasts, it's going to be a really good time. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm going with Gaethje, too. And
2: a lot of my um, confidence in picking that fight is Gaethje's last two fights. Um, He fought against two really technical strikers that... You know, utilize reach really well and Barboza utilizing kicks really well, which I think is what Donald Cerrone does at his best. I mean, I think maybe Cerrone, when he's really on, can flow his punches and kicks maybe better than. Either of those two fighters, but when you look at James Vick, you have a very tall opponent who utilizes a jab. He was able to get in on there and finish the fight very quickly. And then you have Barboza, which I really like that contrast of looking at how he performed against Barboza against how he might potentially do against Donald. They're both extremely technical strikers. They have very, I mean, I would even say Barboza's kicks are a lot more dangerous. Uh, And we saw, again, Gaethje able to get in and finish the fight quickly. Um, We could be seeing a new Justin Gaethje that is able to get these fights out quickly without sustaining a significant amount of damage. And I think when you contrast that with Donald Cerrone, who, you know, in the past, and maybe he's corrected this as well, because it doesn't seem to be as, you know, uh, as big a problem as it was uh, years ago, uh, can kind of wilt under uh, heavy pressure early on. And that's exactly what Justin does. I mean, this dude is going to pressure you. Um, so much so that he can you know, he can not only just crack you early, he's gonna put that kind of mental pressure on you as well. And and we've seen Donald Cerrone, again, in the past, um, has wilted to that. Um, this is a different fighter than we that that we saw a couple years ago. So I think this is gonna be a more competitive fight than just that. But I do see Gaethje getting the win, and I would not be shocked if it was early. Mike.
0: Yeah, so this is gonna be a sweep for me. I think this could be the type of fight that Donald Cerrone might be susceptible to get into a firefight with Justin Gaethje, even though Gaethje has, in the last two fights or so, really started to step away from the, from the old, you know, take a bunch of punches just to land one. But this seems like the type of fight where Justin Gaethje is just going to be moving forward and pressing, and I don't know if S- Cerrone will be able to handle the pressure on this one.
1: Clean sweep for Mr. Gaethje. Um Co-main event of this card. We got Glover, Teixeira, Nikita Krylov. This is a close betting line. I think it's probably pretty fair, Steph, because I don't know what to make of this entirely.
3: Yeah, uh, plus 100, so even money for Glover and uh, Nikita Krylov as the ever-so-slight favorite at minus 120.
1: Um, it's kind of hard these days to get uh, figure out what kind of Glover you're going to get. Um, his seemed like his purpose was to get to the UFC and get a title shot. And that was a lot of fights ago. go. But since then, you have a, fight, a couple fights where he looks good, kind of fights where he doesn't look good, looks good, he looks a little soft, he looks yoked. You don't know what you're going to get. Right now, two wins in a row by choke over two guys who aren't particularly great, to be honest. Ion Kutalaba and Carl Roberson. No disrespect intended, but neither of them are top 10 or 15, I think even. Uh, Nikita Krylov, um, left the UFC, kind of remade himself, because we were having a lot of fun with Nick, uh, him being Al Capone and his ridiculous Sherrodock picture. But then he became the minor, and he became serious. And he came back, he's one and one since being back, uh, choke, got choked by Jan Blachowicz, who might be getting a title shot somehow, um, and then choked OSP. Uh, he's 27 years old, Glover's like 40, right? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here. Yeah, I'm going Nikita Krylov, man. I I don't. I mean, I'm just taking the young guy here because I don't know any better here. Mike, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think with this particular case, uh, it's gonna be a matter of do I pick the old guy that I think might be well past his prime, or as you said, pick the young guy that seems to show some upside. So I'm going with Nikita. Steph,
1: what do you think?
0: Um, Yeah, I kind
3: of think we're all going to be on the same boat here. It's basically a coin flip fight, but unless Mark wants to be interesting, I think we're all just erring on the side of youth here. Um, That's usually a safe bet in
2: MMA. Mike? Not Mike, Mark, sorry. Uh, Yeah, I am going to make it interesting. Um, I'm picking Glover, and the stat that I picked out that kind of really hedged my bet here is look at those losses um, from Krylov. Seen a lot of chokes. Yeah, he's been choked out a bunch of times. Specifically, <laughs> a lot of arm triangles. Specifically, yep. two fights ago he lost to that. Specifically, Glover has won fights with that submission. I think there is a disparity, uh, you know, kind of a disparity between the two. Where I think Glover is going to be better on the ground, especially when he's on top. I think that's how he's going to get it done. Um, I think it's a good point. Dude's thirty nine. Uh, y- you have to start questioning, you know, when the wheels are going to start falling off. Um, this could be that fight. Um, he's facing a much younger guy, but. I like that little. You look at the losses. There are a lot of squeeze, arm triangle chokes. We have documentation. Glover knows how to do that choke. I'm playing that math to,
1: to to pick Glover here. Look at Mark applying logic to the situation. Oh, the rest of us like ah, he's younger. Fuck it. Um, you know, last, so many w- of my picks are that exactly. Um, last fight we're gonna pick, but don't worry, we're gonna talk about Todd Duffy, um, Uriah Hall, and as Mark puts it. Antonio Carlos jr betting line for this one
3: it is uh man Carlos Carlos jr is a pretty big favorite at minus 210 to Uriah Halls plus 175. I got Uriah Hall
1: Mike what do you got
0: whoa I was not expecting you to have a Uriah, Uriah Hall way a way to have faith in him uh um, no, it's not
1: that I just I've seen Antonio Carlos Antonio Carlos jr fight a bunch and it's not that he's Bad or anything is just, I think Uriah Hall looked really good even when he lost to, to Paulo Costa. He put down that last guy. I mean, he's two and one in his last three. He, he tends not to lose to people who aren't very good, to be honest. If you look at the guys he loses to, they're all good. So, Uriah Hall.
0: <laughs> even with that type of logic, I stopped trusting Uriah Hall a long time ago. I'm taking Antonio Carlos Jr.
1: Man, Mike's the one who picked a right hole over Musasi when that happened. Plums. Texted us, texted us plums for like an hour. Stefan, what <laughs> you got?
3: Um, I thought I might be alone on this, but um, I am taking Hall, and um, it's kind of from the research I did. It's basically the inverse of Mark's research. Uh, Carlos Junior, when he wins, he wins by choke, and when Hall loses, he loses because he gets knocked the fuck out. Um, Carlos Junior has not knocked anyone the fuck out. He's more of a grappler. Um, the only reason I really know him is because I personally love the fast-food chain Carl's Jr. Aka Hardee's on the East Coast. I love me that Western bacon cheeseburger And that's the only reason I bothered to remember who this guy was if he had any other name He was just a among a sea of Brazilians in the UFC to me But um,
1: I, I remember his first fight because the crowd was going crazy and I'm like what "The fuck's going on why <laughs> that was i remember that like who is this guy why are you all so excited uh mark they what do you got
3: also fans of the western
2: bacon bobby
1: yeah. mark the cheeseburger or the black dude who you got uh,
2: yeah i don't it, it, it is a tough fight to call and i don't really th- i don't i'm not seeing anyone i'm feeling super comfortable with uh I, i'm gonna pick your eye hall and i'm not comfortable with it Ooh. at all we're just giving this one to, to mike huh <laughs> I mean, you make a pick too, Bobby. Don't yell at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a it's a toss. I mean, And I was actually feeling uh, Carlos uh, Junior, but I don't know. Uh, it's just really a, it's a head scratcher. Um, I I think when you look at both of them, it's like uh, Carlos has not been knocked out. He's only been knocked out once <laughs> in his three losses. Uriah Hall's never been submitted. When I, I mean, and that's that's the stack that I was looking at. Is like, okay, has he fought anyone that's like even a, a grappler? In here, and it's like some of these. I mean, Musashi knows how to grapple, but he knocked him out. Um, so I don't know. It's a really tough fight. I, I think it really is a, a a coin toss, and I don't know why I'm picking right? hold.
1: You, you know, honestly, man, like, he really only loses to people who are like really, like pretty damn good. Okay, and I just don't doomsday? think Doomsday. Doomsday is the best guy out there now, Bob. How about uh, what do you mean? Rafael dos doomsday? Call? But no, you're talking about a fight from six years ago, though. I'm talking like four. Natal Natal was good too. Wasn't Natal like on fire when he lost to him? Are Natal we, was are right we talking Natal
2: Every week, Bobby, you're just saying like this guy only loses to the cream of the crop. And I'm finding
1: some names that I'm not finding at the cream nor the top. I don't know, man. When he when Uriah Hall lost to him, he was 20 and six. Like I'm just I Would don't know right now. Derek <laughs> Brunson. Re- are we talking about how great Dirk Brunson is now? All I'm saying, Bobby, is. Derek Brunson's ranked. Antonio Carlos Jr. doesn't even know what what page the rankings are on. There's never been a new reason for him to check. I don't know. This this list of lost has some good names. There's some questionable ones, Bobby. I mean, okay. Carlos Jr. lost to a guy with no Wikipedia page, so just saying. Um, All right. um, Todd Duffy's back. Todd Duffy, Mike, what movie was Todd Duffy in while he was gone, though? Mike's not listening. Great. Still not listening, Mike? Am I talking to myself?
3: Yeah, you are, Bob. Mike don't care about that. <laughs> Mike he's go-
1: he's yeah, has a facial the- expression that he's fucking
2: thinking about it. Mike, what the Sorry, fuck? Sorry.
0: Um my father came into the room and wanted to have a long conversation. So had to pay him attention.
1: <laughs>
2: don't you have a on air sign like we all do in front yeah, of Yeah, like room? I
1: don't one of these things. Wave, I don't know. We're just sitting here, I'm like, Mike's giving me nothing. Literally nothing. I like, I, like,
2: I like the fact that Mike's dad doesn't know he has a podcast. So he thinks he just talks to himself randomly. <laughs> he interjects every We've been doing this shit for like se- for well, like 7 years in. But my,
0: but my, my dad opens the door. I tell him, I, I mute you guys. I tell him, hey, I'm still recording. He doesn't care. He wants to talk about what he needs to talk about.
2: Alright, Fernando. Hey, he gave you life. He gets 5 minutes whenever he fucking wants.
0: That, that is correct. That's why I didn't stop his talking
1: do you now have an answer for us or you didn't hear any of it
0: i didn't hear any of it
1: what movie was todd duffy in while he left us
0: never backed down to
1: hell yeah he oh, was very good todd duffy left us He's we last saw him on...
0: for the sequel huh
1: well i mean they 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 realized they needed more star power so they got todd duffy for round two Um uh, we haven't seen todd duffy todd duffy only had 12 fights man we haven't seen todd duffy since july 2015 when he fought frank mir in san diego when Frank Mir deb- was full dad bod and just knocked him the fuck out. They just swung at each other for 70 seconds. And then Todd Duffy was unconscious. Todd Duffy has been susceptible to men who are less than in shape. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Mike Russo got his ass kicked for like three rounds and four minutes or whatever it was. And then he got punched once. Todd then Todd Duffy went down. How is, it, um, how is it that a
0: bad with only two losses? People make fun of three him so much. Are we sure? Well, thing? three.
1: This three, he lost to Overeem oh, like, right. in Dream. What, what? What do they have to do in, in Dream stuff on just to get, make Overeem happy? Do you remember that fight? Oh, he is a belt. They yeah, belts.
3: What well, was <laughs> my commentary, Bobby? When we're talking about the Rock is going to put a belt on someone, and it's like it's that meme. Oh, Al, you know, Alister Overeem has entered the chat. We're talking belts. <laughs> we're making
1: belts now. The Alistair best part Overeem about would love a new belt. They made that fight for the Dream Interim Heavyweight Championship when there was no Dream Heavyweight Championship. Dream was just like, we might have to go, le- go legit one day, and we can't have Alistair's ass chilling in the UFC or something with our belt. So we went interim. Uh, Todd Duffy, um, what made me laugh was, I mean, it sounds bad for him, but when he was on the aerial uh, show, not MMA hour, um, whatever it's called, Helwani show. Todd Duffy, this is what I read. Todd Duffy says he was supposed to fight on the UFC Montauk card last year, but fell through the cage at the old tough gym and blew out his knee. Which, just seems like a Todd Duffy thing to happen, huh, guys? Sounds like a fucking <laughs> lawsuit. I mean, that's why he didn't get cut. <laughs> um, Yeah, Todd Duffy's fighting a guy without a Wikipedia page, which we haven't fought in four years sounds like the right guy you should be fighting um, Michael Pereira has nobody to fight you didn't have me read it Bob but um, guess what Todd Duffy's an
3: underdog oh you'll be fucking kidding me really yeah it's, uh, it's a coin flip but uh, no Wikipedia Jeff Hughes is minus 120 to Todd Duffy's even 100
1: Jeff Hughes Jeff lights out Hughes is looks like he's from 2002 just looking at what I'm looking at here Um, 10 and 2 Apparently, he's fought in the UFC. I don't remember that fight. Um Yeah, um, this card is kind of weird. But the main event's awesome. So, tune in for that part. CSBM Plus, you know. Just don't check and, re- and go watch it later. Um, Marcin Tybura's on the card. Misha Serkinov on the card. Um Luis Smolka, who today said he doesn't judge BJ Penn. Because sometimes that's what it, this is what it's like in Hawaii, which really painted a terrifying picture uh, of Hilo. So, <laughs> sometimes
2: you're in Hilo and a big fat fuck will run up on you and knock the shit out of you, <laughs> and then you'll you'll jump him later
1: and beat the crap out of him. That's yeah, crazy. you know, that's what happens sometimes, man. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's it. I don't think any other big news happened this week. I think they said though that. Um, I'm not sure how official all this stuff is, but the end of the year card might have three title fights. Um, looks like that's where John Jones might end up fighting. Um, if it's Jones and Jan Blatsois, they better give me two more title fights. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, I'm trying to find this fucking thing. It's going taking too long here. Uh, Nunes is going to fight Durandamy. Oh, me. Um, no, yeah, they need three fights. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to have? Two slaughters. We're going to have Jones slaughter block. We're going to have the goats. We're gonna have the male goat, the female goat, right there on the same card. And then Henry Cejudo for the the mixed champion. Uh, that's right. Henry Cejudo is gonna fight all the ladies. Um, Henry Cejudo is just living the Andy Kaufman gimmick like thirty years later. It's very weird. Um, all right, guys, let's do stuff we like. Um, I got uh, I got two of them, and they're pretty quick. Um, one of them is this YouTube channel. Um, it's this French kid that's appropriately called Alex French Guy Cooking. And I've seen his stuff around for a while. I started watching it. I I don't know if you don't watch cooking videos, this might not do anything for you, but he approached, he, he takes a real, like, science, scientific approach to trying to solve shit. And it's kind of interesting. And he, like, he tries to dry age a steak, you know, his own house. You know, he, like, built a, uh, like a kitchen island from scratch with, like, a 3D printer and stuff. I don't know, he's an interesting kid. And, uh, now he has a show on Eater, a more famous YouTube channel. Where he tries to recreate uh, famous dishes just based on tasting them. Uh, Kid's doing good stuff. I like it. I say kid because he looks like he's like 24. But it's a good YouTube channel. The other one I got is this um, phone game I've been playing uh, called 80s Mania. I don't know the full fucking name of this game. It's fucking huge. 80s Mania Wrestling Madness. Something like that. It's kind of uh, like you run a promotion starting in 1980 per wrestling promotion. And all the characters are... I mean, Steph, you saw the game. Is the word rip-off good? Um, rip-off of characters from the 80s, maybe? It's kind of
3: like uh, The Boys, um, that superhero show on Amazon, where um, they're all parodies, but they're incredibly obvious who they're parodying. Like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, right now, like, I, for example, there's a new character in the game for me to get called The Flawless One and he wears a singlet and he has a towel and that, that's Mr. Perfect you know um it's a fun game um i'm just going to go ahead and chill for another podcast if you enter the cheat code grilling which came from jr's podcast you get extra money in the game and some characters including teen wolf so it's it's a fun game you get to book your own promotion you can't pick the winner which is fucking stupid so but... There's nothing like a real promotion but no i mean i can't pick the winner it's like it's the same thing as in the wwf games though you can't pick the winner in that either, right, Steph? In, like, the universe mode. Oh, no, I don't get that. When you're
3: simulating, you can choose who wins.
1: You can in the simulator?
3: Yeah, and then when you have, like, you can set up a run-in, and you can choose who they attack, when they attack. It's a in, baby.
1: Oh, they finally improved it. Okay, I'm playing an old game for that one. But, yeah, you, I would like that. There was a game that me and Steph Wade back when we were, like, 13, 14. Um, uh, What was the fucking name? Extreme Warfare Federation? It was, like, I think that was EWF. It was a text-based game wrestling simulator game, and that was a lot of fun because, you know, you could do whatever the yeah. fuck you wanted. nowadays stuff.
2: don't know that we played shitty internet games where it looked like you were doing Yo. like taxes.
1: <laughs> Whoever made that game, please put it on Android. Just come on, man. Like, I got some time. You don't need <laughs> like, it. You got 80s mania wrestle mania. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like, I gotta wait. It's like one of those fucking freemium games where like, no. oh, do you want Mr. Perfect for 100000 Bobby, I'm uh, certain coins? if you
3: want, like, that thing was powered. That game was powered by like a, a hamster flop. on a wheel. Like a <laughs> dick, you know. If you really wanted. You could find a way to put that on your phone. Like your phone is like a billion times more powerful than like our shitty Macs and like IMAX we had back. then. It was then. like it was.
1: It was. It was not. It was too shitty for the time we played it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Even then, people were playing like real games They're like what the fuck. We're is all looking like oh they tied up.
2: Oh <laughs> Irish whip. Oh he bounces <laughs> off the ropes. We're the, these games. If someone saw them today, they would think we were playing them in 1973.
1: <laughs> yeah, even back then, people were like playing Counter Strike and shit, and I'm playing that fucking game. Like, anyway, um, those that's, that's what I got this week. Um, Mike, what do you got?
0: Yeah, for me, uh, just one thing this week. Uh, it's actually this anime I started watching yesterday. Uh, I've been seeing it on a on Crunchyroll as one of the featured animes for about two months now, and I finally s- decided to give it a whirl. Uh, it's called uh, Doctor Stone. It's an I was, anime. I was
2: almost going to yell out like it's a Doctor Stone, but I thought there's no way with all the weird shit. It's gonna be the one popular anime I know about,
0: and here we are. Yeah, Doctor Stone. Uh, you uh you got it right on the got it right on the head, Mark. Uh, so just to give you a quick synopsis as to what it's about. So the entire human race was encapsulated in stone for 3700 years before one of the main characters finally um broke out from being petrified and he discovers that one of his classmates had actually freed himself from the stone about 6 months beforehand and so far i'm about six seven episodes in there's only about 10 episodes that have been released so far and it's essentially an anime that teaches you science that's the best way i can describe it it sounds extremely boring when you consider it that way but there's one thing japan anime has a good thing of doing is that um They'll make a whole anime about something that seems mundane or something you wouldn't consider, something they can make a series about, i.e. cooking. Oh, man, I can't wait for that
3: final season. It's coming up, Mike. It's
0: coming up soon. It is. It is. It's coming up in about two months. But this show is very engaging. I started it yesterday, and I ran through about seven episodes. I didn't even notice I was seven episodes in until I realized that I was almost falling asleep in my bed. So when you have time, you can check out Doctor Stone on either the Funimation site if you want to get the dubbed, or you can go onto Crunchyroll and catch it there.
2: Uh, so Mike, is it an action? It because all the screenshots I see, it looks like he's fighting dudes and shit. Is it is not action?
0: It looks like he's a superhero. So far, seven episodes in, he does none of the fighting. He's actually the the main guy that you see that he has like the the top basically that. Long white green hair, yeah. yeah. He's actually, very weak. He's just really smart. He does no fighting at all. Um, so far, they've introduced maybe two or three characters that actually do a fair amount of fighting. Who are they fighting but, if everyone's in stone? Hey, amen that's why you gotta watch the show. <laughs> that's,
2: that's why I'm so, I'm so because I saw pictures, I've heard about it, right? Because it's like one of the new ones, like the new animes that was premiering this year or whatever so I kept hearing about Dr. Stone I see pictures and it looks like this hard ass motherfucker that's made of stone and I'm like okay this dude goes around and stones the shit out of people it looks like uh, like My Hero Academia so you tell me the premise is everyone's in stone except this fucker and one dude that did it six months before at first I was like that's a pretty interesting premise and also I was like this is not what I thought that anime was about at all
0: so it's kind of cool yeah so give it a shot guys
1: um Mark uh, yeah, so a couple
2: weeks ago, I was talking about how we were kind of in the middle of the dry season. And right now, throw me a preserver, because your boy drowning over here in this quality software. Um, the last couple weeks have just been fucking loaded with some of the best games I played this year that I'm really excited about. Um, the first one I'll talk about is Control. I mentioned that came out on the 30th. Um, I had When I talked about it previously, I had not played it. Reviews were out. They weren't as high as I thought. Um, I kind of considered Control to be my dark horse for game of the year. And after seeing the reviews and some of the negativity around it, I was like, "Eh, maybe I'll hold my horses. Maybe that's not quite true. Um, Having almost beaten the game now, I have reinstated its dark horse status. Uh, Control is fucking awesome. Um, It's not as great if you just have a standard PS4 where the game has its most technical issues, which I'm playing on too. And if you're the kind of gamer that gets really frustrated or annoyed or flat out won't play a game because it has frame rate issues, don't play Control on PS4. This thing has fucking frame rate issues. I really, frame rate drops do not bother me that much. And a lot of times I tend not, not even to really notice them. It kind of bothers me in this game and is very noticeable. Um, when it's chugging at, like, 10 frames. I mean, basically, if you don't know what frame... I mean, there's certain frames they show you within a second of animation, and when it drops, basically, the game kind of slows down and stutters. Um, it's pretty bad. It-, it is significantly bad on your standard PS4. That being said, this game is so fun, and those technical issues aren't so frequent that it has not really bothered my enjoyment of the game. Um, I've really been enjoying it. This is probably easily one of the best games of the year with Sekiro, uh, RE2 Remake... Um, i trying to think of some of the other bangers that came out with Mario Maker 2 and stuff like that. This is a top-quality game that I really enjoy. Uh, Remedy is the team that made Max Payne 1 and 2, made Alan Wake, made Quantum Break. They make really good narrative, single-player, third-person action games. And Control is that. I definitely recommend you check out reviews for it if you're interested at all. Um, other big games that have dropped, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, the expansion to Monster Hunter World that came out a couple years ago, came out on Friday, Man of Dan came out last Friday. There's this racing game that was on PC for a long time called Wreckfest that finally came out. And that has been a real lot of fun. I haven't even played Knights and Bikes, which is a really cool indie game that came out. Uh, so the two last games, uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remake came out. And I haven't put a lot of time into it. But I was telling Steph... It's been a long time since I played that game. That game has a lot of nostalgia for me because uh, me and i have talked about it off air that um, we really enjoyed 8. It was the first uh, Final Fantasy st- uh, Steph beat. It was one of the first ones that I beat, and it really resonated with me. So just playing the first hour, that music in that game is so fucking good. And when you're in the garden and it's just playing the garden theme, it's just like, man... This music's kicking some heavy nostalgia bones I was not anticipating. So I've really been enjoying that. They also added some cheats that they've added for the Final Fantasy remakes, which really makes it a lot more playable. Um, the last game I want to talk about, because this one has been is kind of out of nowhere, but is really fucking cool. I'm a big fan of the ri- River City Ransom games that came out on the Nintendo. They basically have a new spiritual sequel called River City Girls. And in this one, you basically play the girlfriends of the characters from the, um, the main game. What a fucking delight! What a delight this fucking game is. If you like River City Ransom games, or you played the Scott Pilgrim games, which I think would be your closest um, comparison point, because the animation and art style in this is just as good as Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the video game, which I thought was excellent. I can't remember the artist that did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but he is one of my favorite pixel artists. And way forward, the devs that made um, that are making River City Girls they make extremely especially in arc systems is publishing and arc system makes the Dragon Ball Z fighting game that just came out this game visually looks fucking fantastic way forward also made many years ago another 2D uh, side scrolling beat em up Dragon Double Dragon Neo and why i mentioned that is that game had one of the best fucking soundtracks with songs with lyrics i ever heard and they got a lot of the same people to work on River City Girls cuz there is some catchy ass the first time you hear these songs, you fucking cringe because some of the lyrics is kind of cringy, but they're so fucking catchy and just like eighty synth rock. It is so fucking good. Huge smile on my face playing that game. And just the gameplay itself is just such good 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up with the RPG elements that River City Ransom basically created back in the 80s. Um, what a fucking delight that game's been. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff. I still have a few more things. I caught some uh, streaming stuff that I really liked. Um, I don't know if you guys have been watching Dark Crystal I didn't see the movie when I was a kid. I have no affinity for that series because I just didn't never watch it like that and uh, uh, Labyrinth were two kind of 80s fantasy movies I just never saw and never had any affinity with. But
3: slightly past our generation. Yeah. Not to say that people our age didn't but like that was really big for, like, my older brother and sisters, I remember. Right.
2: Um, yeah, so no nostalgia for it. Um, Christine really liked it. So I was like, oh, well, let's give this a shot. I really like the show. It is go- it's become kind of my second screen. Like, that'll be on. I'll be fucking around with my Switch or whatever. But um, the production values, the quality of that show is really fucking top-notch. And a lot of stuff's, you know going way over my head because i don't know any of the backstory that you know the, this is a prequel to the movie so I'm, i think there's lots of little easter easter eggs they're hiding in there that i'm just kind of oblivious to but i'm still just really enjoying it so even if you have no affinity for dark crystal you can still jump into here and the plot still makes complete sense i'm still following what's going along i've um, really enjoying my time with it there's a sitcom me and christine have gotten a lot of recommendations for that we finally started watching called dairy girls and this is a kind of a sitcom comedy that takes place in Northern Ireland in the 1990s. So one thing I love, soundtrack, again, fantastic. All these really great 90s kind of pop songs. Um, just a really fun uh, comedy sitcom, too. Definitely recommend that. And last but not least, I know it's been a lot. Been gone for two weeks. Um, Steven Universe just released their musical movie on Monday. And watching that and just kind of thinking about Steven Universe as on the big picture, like, I'm drawn so many similarities with steven universe and the mcu because both just had a phenomenal arc of creativity media that they presented and the best part about both of them they wrapped that shit up so good they ended steven universe the show which i don't even think it's over they ended this last season so well they tied up so many arcs they've been working on for like five six years i don't know how long steven universe is going on and then when they were going to do this movie, I was like, there's really not much more to tell. You kind of wrap this shit up. You really don't need to tell any more st- stories in Steven Universe. And they still did a fantastic one where it made sense. It was really fun, fantastic songs. They showed off a new fusion, which is so fucking badass. I was like, oh, one of the coolest fusions they done on the show. Um, just I, I, I'm over the moon with Steven Universe. And it seems like it's just going to keep going on. And I'm excited because even though... They could have easily have just ended it, and I would have been super satisfied, so happy because it was just wrapped up so nicely, but uh, they're going on, and they're still knocking it out of the park. So yeah, just a lot of awesome stuff. There's a lot of great stuff going on.
3: All right. Um, Who had a better two weeks than Mark? Mark yeah, has the best two weeks. It keeps rolling. Weeks. We
2: got Borderlands <laughs> this week I didn't even mention. We're in the fall video game season. There's just a lot of good shit falling, so I'm excited. Um,
1: Stefan? Yeah, talk yeah. about what wait, 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 wait talk about what you're going to talk about, but I'd like you also address the fact that NBA 2K currently has a 79 from the critics on Metacritic, but a one-point fucking one from the users So I please address that, that
3: you're treading right on it. I said I got four things. Uh, no, three, no, I got I... three of them positive, one of them negative?
1: I was going to say, me and Sam, want to talk a little bit about this earlier. So go ahead, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, uh, my
3: negative of the week is, man, fuck NBA 2K20. There is one mode I play in these damn games that I keep shelving out $60 for year after year for a fancy roster update. I like the My GM mode. I get it. I'm not their money maker, my career, my player who spends money on these VC points. But this is what I buy this game for every fucking year. And 20 years into it, Because this started with NBA 2K on the 1999 Dreamcast. They fucking broke my GM. Uh, There's no customization. You can't change the rosters at all from the default start of the season roster. You can't add custom draft classes, which is the whole point of having internet. So you get like 12 guys who are identical to each other in your draft class. They're all 25 because everyone stays in college for their master's degree now. Like... It's Wait, just it's a like,
0: fucking broken mode. You can't add, like, user-created draft class anymore?
3: No. And you're stuck into this weird storyline where you have to make friendly with the governor of your state, whichever team you pick in, and I'm like, what the fuck is this storyline? <laughs> like, like, it, it's yeah, broken. I've heard about games interjecting politics, but this is too literal. <laughs> you have to, that's the first thing you do when you start my GM is you sit down with the governor of your state. And he's a basketball fan. And he tells you what he wants to see out of this team this year. And I'm like, why the fuck is the governor giving me directives on how to run my team? I would like to return NBA 2K20 if I could. I don't think I can. Um, that's my that's my
1: wag of the finger for the year. Um, I, I
0: think you're allowed to return it within seven days. If well, you-, you know what? You know,
1: Stefan, you're especially allowed to return it because I know... You got a, a version of the game which somebody definitely—it kind of looks like someone took a pen and just scratched across it. I mean, I that's not what did. I downloaded I, it. Let I'm me gonna... make my joke, Stefan. Let me make my joke. You ruined it. You ruined it. All right, we're moving <laughs> on.
3: This has been too long. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> my positives. Um, this week I've we we this has been floating around, and since I talked to you guys in person, you've already heard me pitch it. But I think I plowed through the two seasons of Barry on HBO. Barry is fucking fantastic. Um, all your, your all your jokes that this is just fake news to keep people from unsubscribing to uh, like from HBO. No, Barry is legit. Um, Barry shits on all those last two seasons of Game of Thrones that I wasted my life with. Wait, wait, um, Stefan. In fairness about my jokes, the timing was suspicious. You got to give me that. <laughs> I mean, but uh, Barry's fantastic. Bill haters absolutely having a moment. That leads into my next one. When Mark said he was watching Dairy Girls. I thought it had something to do with what I saw because it's about a movie that takes place in Derry, Indiana, but that is It Chapter 2. Um Bill Hader absolutely steals every scene in that movie. Derry Maine. Derry Maine? What's Indiana? I heard it was
1: I heard it wasn't even good. I heard it was funny. It's Like it was Well, I mean, define wait, sorry, go ahead. define then what good is to you? Like No, I mean, I thought like it wasn't like people wanted it to be a horror. I don't know. I didn't see the first one. Like I saw the original. I didn't see the last I one. I mean but.
3: It it is, like, loose horror, in my opinion. Um, It's light on the horror side. It's high-concept horror, you know? Like, it doesn't go for cheap, like, scares. It doesn't go for just, like, vulgarity. Like, there's actually, like, a story being told. So that's why I like... I'm not a horror fan, but I like the It franchise just because I think it's a bit more high-concept. And, yeah, it is less scary because in the first one, you're dealing with them as children. In this one, you're dealing with them as adults. Children are a much more vulnerable protagonist. It's always going to be scarier when you're, like, eight years old running from the ghost than a grown man. Um, you know, it always takes it out of it. And, yeah, it is really funny, but not in, like, a unintentional way. Like, uh, Bill Hader is the grown-up version of, what's his name, Finn Wolfhard or something, the uh, Mike from Stranger Things. He's a little shit talking kid, and then he grows up to be a shit talking adult. Later, um, it's very intentionally funny. It has creepy moments. It's overall, it is less scary in my opinion, but um, I still really liked it. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this franchise. Um, and I had a third one. Oh yeah. Um, just a personal note. Um, he's now almost a week old. Uh, I had a new nephew born this past week. Um, another little boy, little addition to the family. Um, the generations just keep growing. His name is Wallace. Uh, I believe the inspiration was their favorite Pixar movie, Wall-E. Um, so he is a little Wall-E for now. Uh, so, so not from uh,
0: Michael B. Jordan's character and from The Wire.
3: Um, my my text to the family group was uh, clearly named after Ving Rhames' iconic uh, Pulp Fiction character, Marcellus See, Wallace. I, I, and, and I, I
1: thought. I said Wallace and Gromit. Uh, That's Ball, what I went
3: with.
2: we on the same page. I thought we yeah. favorite anime movies, like Wallace and Gromit. This kid wait like, a second, <laughs> Steph, Are
0: you sure it's not after William Wallace? Um, I did make the
3: Gromit joke though. That they need to get him a dog who uh, takes care of all his bumbling uh, idiocy. Um, William Wallace, are you a Braveheart fan, Mike? Well, it's-
0: I'm thinking of Wallace's man. Get the fucking joke. They're not gonna name the kid after the you know the
2: character okay. was you know, played I'm by a yeah, fucking I mean, anti we semite. You guys, it was really <laughs> shitty jokes, and they end
1: upset that we don't laugh at them. <laughs> they not gonna name the kid after the character was played by an anti semite Mike Jesus. He also got his balls chopped off in real life. We're talking the actor yeah, or the William character, Wallace, man. <laughs> For all you know, Mel Gibson's balls got cut off too. You don't know.
0: Nah, man, not with that much testosterone, he'd be juicing around with. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna keep enough, it yeah. short
3: because i'm gonna I'm I'm talk about it next week because there's one episode left in the season so i could give a full season review mike next week i got an anime suggestion you're the only one who might possibly watch it if you trust my kind of out there taste in anime uh you might you might you, give it a shot
0: you you know what you're one for one so far you put me on some food wars so what do you i i, I wait with bated breath for next week
1: Okay. We'll tune in to the, we'll everybody fucking tune in for that one. Um, guys, be back next week. We're going to talk about, um, we're going to see, I guess, if, uh, based on my theory, um, who, who Conor McGregor's fighting? Uh, Justin Gaethje or Donald Cerrone? Um, I'm not going to be here. The boys are going to pick this card that's in, because brought it up, Mexico fucking city. Um, Yaya Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens, gonna go five rounds. Or someone's gonna die from exhaustion on the way there. Alexa Grasso. Mm-hmm. If Espar- they're in
3: Mexico, my girl's gotta have a fight on this.
1: Alexa Grasso, Carla Esparza. Like the last card where anybody had a Muslim sounding name they put on this card. Every Rodriguez, Martinez, any your last name ends in an O or a Z. You're on this card. Okay? O, A, and Z. You're on this card. Um it just says Polo Reyes. What happened to that guy's first name? Wasn't it Marco? Did he eliminate part of his name? Copy I guess he right did. Infringement. <laughs> He's going right into the Polo. Um Arine Aldana's on the card. Bitch, Kohea. Sejaro Eubanks. Angela Hill. Curtain Jerkin, Sergio Pettis versus Tyson Nam. Is Tyson Nam the one who... Um, Bellator. Knocked out. Yeah. He knocked out. What's I'm his name, sure. right? Yeah. Who was their champion? Was who he knocked out? Eduardo... San- Dantes.
2: Santos, yeah.
1: Yeah, he knocked out Dantes. Uh, well, he's on the card, too. That one is a. Let's go the ESPN Plus because any other answer would be a little depressing, I think. Um, all right, boys and girls. Yeah, I'm not here. The boys got it next week. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy Gaethje and. Uh, I forgot who he's fighting. Cowboy. Enjoy <laughs> Gaethje and Cowboy. Uh, enjoy Nikki, Nikita Krylov and Glover Teixeira. If you feel like it, Send our boy Stefanzi a birthday message on Saturday during a low point of the card. Because if he's watching and it's boring, he's going to think, man, it's my birthday. God, this sucks. That's the time to message at Stefanzi on Twitter and wish him a happy birthday.
3: There's a decent decent chance I missed this card. So don't tell me the results.
1: I'll be in radio silence. (laughs) You'll just know the fight was boring at that point if someone messages you. Um, All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Back next week, uh, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. Peace out. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Yep.